0: Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job discusses the revolutionary power of prayer.
1: Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, a lot of you don't have because you're not persistent, you're not bold enough. He's talking about a holy, persistent, bold coming before the throne of God and seeking what God has put on your heart but being aggressive about it before the throne room of God.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're in a series of messages that are based on Jesus' revolutionary teachings as seen in the Sermon on the Mount. And Mark, looking back on Matthew chapters 5 and 6, Jesus had given the people there a lot to think about, and He's given us a lot to think about as well. And then with the start of chapter 7, He moves on to showing us how we can have wisdom Power and insight to put everything we've been learning into practice. So let me ask you before your message today if there's one thing that you hope that we take away from this, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I think the one thing that I hope that everybody takes away is that there is a kingdom within the kingdom. Hmm. There is a way of operating in this world that is different than the world. And that if Christians just have a label of Christian but aren't living a different lifestyle, it makes very
0: little sense. Well, this is something I know I'm looking forward to knowing more about. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So let's listen to this teaching now. Revolutionary Prayer from Mark Job.
1: So Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And Father, we ask you this morning that you would open up the eyes, our spiritual eyes, and our spiritual ears to hear your word. And I ask, Father, that as we jump into this passage, that the revolutionary teachings of Jesus will get a grip on our heart and soul, and that we would leave this place changed, different, having been stirred up by the power of your Holy Spirit, challenged by the words of Jesus, not just more religious, but more spiritually in tune with your calling upon our lives, God. And so we ask for your power, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Early on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had talked to his disciples already about prayer. And if you remember, a few weeks ago, there was a message on prayer. The disciples wanted to know how to pray, and Jesus referred to them to A pattern of prayer that we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And Jesus had a whole teaching on what it meant to pray. He revisits the topic of prayer. In his first session on prayer, he's talking about the duty to prayer, how to pray, what it means to pray. And now, he's talking to his disciples about really how to pray effectively. And I believe it comes in the context of he's taught his disciples about not judging, about trusting God, about loving their enemies. And have you ever heard teaching from the Word of God and kind of thrown up your arms and say, Help me, God, because this is almost impossible to practice. Have you ever walked away that way? Where the Word of God comes through and you say, How could I ever do that? You want me not to get mad at my spouse? I don't know how I'm going to do that. You want me not to worry? That seems almost impossible. You kind of throw up your arms and say, Help me, Jesus, because I have no idea how I'm going to put that into practice. Well, I believe Jesus has just taught his disciples about some really, really tough teachings, revolutionary teachings. And now, when his disciples are all overwhelmed about how they're going to put this into practice, Jesus says, I want to teach you How to pray so that you have the wisdom and the power and the insight that you need to put these things into practice. And so, he begins in verse 7 and says, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus gives us a threefold pattern about how to go about praying effectively. Now, the first uh, thing he tells us seems pretty elementary. He says, ask. Now, I run into some people sometimes that almost act as though asking God for things is not spiritual. I run into people that uh, almost get into this hyper-spirituality and feel like, hey, you should never ask God for anything. You should just praise Him and worship but to ask Him for something uh, is almost like carnal. I mean, why are you ask God? He already knows what you need before you even ask it. So why in the world would you even ask God because He knows? And isn't it kind of selfish to ask God for things since He already knows and you just worship Him and whatever God wants to give you, He's going to give you. But don't ask Him, really, why are you going to bother God? That is very far from how Jesus teaches us. In fact, I did a little study on how many times Jesus tells us to ask the Father. And I was a little bit surprised at how many times Jesus encourages us to ask. I don't have time to read all the passages, but let me just read a few of the passages where Jesus encourages us to ask. And the key word, as I read some of these verses, is the word ask. For example, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, Jesus says, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Uh, John fourteen thirteen. And whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Uh, John 14, 14. Jesus said, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John fifteen seven. 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask. What you will, and it shall be done unto you. John fifteen sixteen. Jesus said, "Ye, you, sh- you, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give you." John sixteen twenty three. And in that day, you shall ask me not me nothing, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name he will give to you, John sixteen twenty four. up until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and ye shall receive and your joy may be full, I mean, Jesus is telling his disciples, ask, ask, come on, ask, ask, he's not saying, hey, God doesn't want to be bothered by your piddly little dinky prayer request. Jesus is saying, God wants to hear what's on your heart. Ask. Come before God. Be specific. Be deliberate. Be intentional. Be persistent. In 1 John, there's a couple verses as well. I'm just going to read three of them. 1 John 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. 1 John five fifteen. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desire of Him. What's the point? The point that I'm making is that it pleases the heart of God. when His children... And believers and his followers actually come before God and have the boldness to ask him for things. Now, let me qualify that for a minute. And and let me remind you, by the way, what it tells us in James. The author tells us that oftentimes we do not have because what? We do not ask. And because we do not ask, therefore, sometimes we do not have. In uh, in James it says, where do quarrels and fights among you come from? James chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. Don't they come for your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight and you do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it what you get on your own pleasures. So here's what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is telling us, hey, I want you to get in the habit of asking. Because when you ask, what you are saying is God Only you can give me certain things that I don't have. And I depend on you because I'm not sufficient, I'm not smart enough, I'm not powerful enough. I don't have all the strategy enough to be able to obtain the things that are deep in my heart, the things that I know you want to do in my life. And so I ask. And Jesus said, ask and you shall what? You shall receive. Now here's the problem. I run into a lot of people that know about the asking. You say, oh, you don't have to tell me about that, Pastor. I got that down, man. I ask. And I'm not shy about it. I ask, and I ask persistently, and I pray, and I ask God for things, and, and, and I want to say that's good. Don't, don't ever feel shy about coming before God and asking, because He's invited you to ask. He's encouraged you to ask. And if you're not asking, hey, God's saying, come on. Don't be shy about it. The problem is that some of us stop just at asking. We ask. For example, if you're out to get a job, let me me explain it this way. Maybe you're in the need for a a change of jobs. Praying that God would open up the door for a job. So you get in your house and every morning you say, oh God, I need a job. Oh Lord, and I want it to be this salary. God, I want it to be this kind of job and I want it to be at this office, and that's okay, you can be as specific as you want to. And you ask every day, and someone says, hey, how's the job thing coming? Well, I'm asking, I'm praying. I'm seeking God for it. I'm believing God for a job. And I'm saying, that's good. But God is saying, Jesus is teaching his disciples, hey, you got to turn it up a notch. Because you ask, but the next thing you do is that you seek Okay, he says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. You see, I believe that it's just as spiritual to ask God, but if you're not looking for the answer that God is providing, there's a something wrong with your asking. Hello?
0: You're listening to Mark Job on Bold Steps. We're at the halfway point of today's message called Revolutionary Prayer. Before we continue, though, I want to make sure you know that you can always find this message again or even share it with a friend by going online to boldstepsradio.org. And if you'd enjoy listening to these Bible teachings while you're out for a walk or really anywhere on the go, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast. You'll find us on most podcast apps like Apple, Spotify, and Audible by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. We've heard from so many of you how much you enjoy listening through your podcast app, and if you haven't already, we encourage you to leave a comment and a five-star review when you get there. And if you want to check out the special new video content coming on exclusively on the Bold Steps YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe there as well. Mark releases brand new videos every Tuesday on subjects like grief, living in unfair circumstances, and the healing power of God. You can subscribe today by searching for Bold Steps Radio on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. Now, let's return to Mark's message. We have much more to learn about seeking God's answers when we pray.
1: It's like I heard that a pastor in the morning, he was in a farm area. And he prayed for rain in the morning because a lot of the farmers that attended his church needed rain on their crops. And they had an evening service. He was about to go to his evening service. His little daughter said, hey, Dad, how come you're not taking the umbrella? He Looked outside. It was a nice, sunshiny day. And he said, well, why would I take an umbrella? And she said, well, this morning in church you prayed for rain. So a little bit embarrassed, he said, okay, I better take my umbrella. So he took his umbrella with him to church. Thankfully, God answered that prayer. And that night after service, they were in a rainstorm. But sometimes we ask God for something, and we're not looking for the answer that God is providing. You see, seeking means that you can't see it right now. When you play hide-and-go-seek, when you were kids and played hide-and-go-seek, remember... You get behind the, you get on the pole and you count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Some of you cheated a lot and you just kind of jumped over and counted real fast. And blah, 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 done. And the objective of hiding go seek is that people hide and to find them. I mean, you don't turn around and people are like right out in the open, right? You'd say, hey, you lean to learn to play the game. You're supposed to hide, and when you hide, it means you can't see them. They're there but you can't see them, right? I believe oftentimes that God's answer to prayer is coming our way, but we can't see it. And God says, I want you to seek. That means you gotta look behind things a little bit. Uh, My wife swears up and down that men, by and large, have a genetic biological problem with finding things. My 13-year-old son says, Mom, I can't find my pants, the blue pants. And she says, well, did you look in the drawer? Did you look in your closet? Did you lift the blanket on your chair? Two minutes later, oh, okay, I found it, Mom. And uh, she believes that men are all the same, that we kind of can't find things, or we want the women to find it for us, right? Well, I believe in the spiritual realm, sometimes it's that way as well, that Jesus is saying, I don't want you just to ask, but I want you to start seeking. If you're praying for a job, listen, the next step that you need to do is you need to say, okay, my job is coming. I believe that God is answering my prayer and now I'm going to start seeking for that answer to prayer. I'm going to get on the internet and start searching for those jobs that God is bringing my way. I'm going to open up the paper and I'm going to look for those jobs. I'm going to talk to people, hey have you seen my job yet because it's coming my way. Hey, do you know about any job openings because I think it's coming my way and God has a job for me and I'm looking for it right now. I'm seeking for it. Some of you get in this hyper-spiritual mode and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pray, oh God, give me a job. And you expect that, uh, you just sort of expect that some guy from a tech company is going to knock on your door and say, you know, I was just driving by and and I'm looking for an employee and something made me stop and knock on this door. Hey, do you need a computer repair job? Because I was just wondering and just wanted to stop. And some of you are looking for that and God says, wait a second, you've asked, but now are you seeking? And then the next step, by the way, is not only just seeking, but it takes it up to the next level and the next level is knocking. Now why do we knock on a door? We knock on a door so that that door will open for us. Do you knock on doors that you can open yourself? No. I don't go to my house and when I have a key, I don't go to my house and knock on the door. No, I just pull out my key and open my own door. If the door's not locked, I don't knock. I just go ahead and I walk in the door. You knock on a door when it's locked from the inside and you don't have permission or authority or ability to get in that door unless it's unlocked. Here's what it is in prayer. Sometimes you're asking God for something and now you're seeking for that answer and looking around and searching God where is it coming and sometimes you see it coming in a distance. You see through the glass doors that it's on your way but there's a door. That's blocking you. There's an obstacle to that. Maybe a job's on its way and you've had two interviews and you have a third interview and you have heard that this third person that does the interviews, man, are they tough. They're just cranky and raised on lemon juice and they don't like anybody. And that's an obstacle. The only thing that lies between you and that job is this cranky, ornery, critical, slice-their-head person and that's the obstacle between you and that job and so you begin to pray and you begin to pray God here's a door that I have no ability and power to open myself I'm knocking at this door saying God could you unlock it there's an obstacle between me and the answer to my prayer and I'm knocking at that door I'm getting your attention God because I'm admitting before you I I don't have the skill or the power or the ability on my own to open this door I need your supernatural intervention to open this door I'm admitting my powerlessness and I'm asking for your sovereignty to come and do what I can't do on my own that's what it means to not and some of us haven't grasped that now it takes as much spirituality to ask As much spirituality to seek and as much spirituality to knock. And Jesus is saying, if you want to pray effectively, you need to be asking, you need to be seeking, and you need to be knocking. Don't stop at asking. Don't stop at seeking. Don't stop until you've knocked and the door is wide open and you see that answer to prayer that God is sending your way. Amen? And look what it says in verse 8. For everyone who asks, by the way, the ask is in the imperative form. It's like a command, ask. You're not saying, well, I think it would be a good idea if you asked. No, he's saying, ask. And in verse 8, this is in the present verbiage form, which means that it says, for everyone who asks is receiving, and everyone who seeks is finding, and everyone who knocks the door is being opened to him. Jesus is reiterating the point about asking, seeking, and knocking. And then he goes on to say, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask him first of all Jesus is telling his disciples hey a lot of you don't have because you're not persistent, you're not bold enough you don't pursue it enough, you don't seek it enough, you, you don't desire it enough to go after it, that's what he's saying, he's talking about a holy, persistent, bold coming before the throne of God and seeking what God is putting on your heart but being aggressive about it before the throne room of God, that's what he's talking about
0: You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. Today's message is called Revolutionary Prayer, and you can find this message along with our previous messages online when you visit boldstepsradio.org. Mark, as we talk about our Bold Step gift now, we are not just going to talk about it, we're going to talk with the very man who wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have in our studio today Dr. Gary Chapman,
1: a good friend, a graduate from Moody, a pastor, an author, really someone that's impacted millions of lives. And I believe in a very humble way, God has used you in a supernatural way. Gary has written a book entitled, God Speaks Your Love Language. And Gary, in the book, you reveal that not everybody experiences God's love in the same way. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I think if we look at our own conversion experience and talk to friends who had a different conversion experience, we will realize God speaks to people in different ways, but it's normally in keeping with their love language. Quality Mm -hmm. time people, for example, come to Christ over a period of time, start reading Christian books or reading the Bible, and in a quiet place, they respond to God. Other people have a supernatural physical (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. And I think as we are God's agents in expressing love, we need to keep that in mind. And so if we're talking to someone about Christ and trying to get them to come to know Christ in a personal way, it really helps us if we know their primary love language, Hmm. because then we can speak the love of God to them. God speaks through us to them in their love language, and they're far more likely to hear what we're saying if we're speaking their love language. And aren't we glad that God operates that way? (laughs) Absolutely. I love
1: that. So if you're praying for a loved one to come to Christ, in reaching out to them, ask yourself this question, what is their love language and how can they understand God's love and his message through their love language? Thank you, Dr. Gary Chapman.
0: Thank you. And this book, God Speaks Your Love Language, is yours when you send a gift of any size to support Bold Steps. Just call us at 844-615-7363 to donate today. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request the book, God Speaks Your Love Language, when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Or one more way to receive the book is to send your gift and donation in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. By the way, we'd also like to stay connected with you on social media like Facebook and Instagram. Search for Bold Steps Radio and tap the like or follow button. And did you know that you can hear Mark's bold Bible teaching on weekends? By tuning in for our special program Simply called Bold Steps Weekend You can find it on your local station This Saturday or Sunday Or available online at Boldstepsweekend.org Well we're officially out of time today I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us Next week when we'll look at the second part Of revolutionary prayer That's coming up Monday on Bold Steps With Mark Jones. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute